the whole str industry in my opinion really blew up when airbnb really adjusted like the marketing to like living like a local in that local experience and embodying that local culture which like you said a lot of the the small mom and pop shops have really been squeezed the last 20 years from a lot of the big box stores so the more we can help everybody out the more it's going to help you as well What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, I've got some I am so excited to share with you guys. For the last couple of years, we've been recruiting and training virtual assistants for our private mastermind students, and we have now officially opened that up to the public. So if you are looking to hire a virtual assistant for your short-term rental business, then go to strsecrets.com VA. And we will recruit, onboard, and train a VA for you. And if they don't save you at least 40 hours a month in admin work, then you don't pay. So I put a crazy guarantee on this because I've been testing this out for the last two years with our mastermind members. And I'm so confident that it works that if it doesn't randomly work for you, I'm literally going to give your money back. So if you want more info on that offer, head over to strsecrets.com slash VA. And now let's get to this week's episode. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here as always with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What is up, E? My brother, good to see you. I am at my mom's house in my office that I have over there, over here, I should say, which is lovely because it has a lot more light and I don't have to hide the, <laughs> the guest bed that I have when we do pictures from the other house. But you know, what's funny is I was sitting here waiting for the show to start and I was reading some stuff and I read this quote that is like, don't, don't believe or don't trust yourself with any thoughts or ideas that you have in a small room. And I was just like, interesting. And the whole concept behind it is like a small space, a small mind. So it's like, if you're going to have big ideas or big conversations or big things, go to something that feels infinite. And that's why so many people like have great ideas at the beach or, or on top of a mountain hiking and whatever that may be. So I was in the, in the other house and I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to this house because it feels a little bit more spacious and I have more space around me. So yeah, that's why I move rooms. I'm going to stay here for the other, other two shows that we have. But yeah. I like it. And the white, the all white look, it's like nice and clean. And I don't know, it's got good energy to it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, my mom uses it as a yoga room too. So I think that's I'm also uh, taking advantage of the of the leftover um, energy that is in here with that yoga. <laughs> I like it. Makes here. So it's good. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, I'm. I want to get right in because I'm really excited for today's guest. I swear we had her on before, but if not, she's one of the coolest people that I've met in the industry. And I'm not just saying that because she's a guest. She's just. Really good energy, real fun person to be around and just very innovative entrepreneur. 
So today on the show, we've got Maddie Ripkin with us. She is the CEO of Mount. They are a three-sided marketplace that connects hosts, local activity and experience providers and guests to create an authentic travel like a local experience. And uh, without further ado, Maddie, welcome to the show. She's also a renowned world traveler now, as we were talking offline. She's she's finally back stateside. So what's going on, Maddie? Hello, thank you for having me. You know, I have to combine my two passions, creating a business and travel, which is kind of how I found myself here. So <laughs> it worked out well. And and golf, right? You can work some oh, golf. Oh, and golf. Big golfer. Yes. Yes. So that one might like Lex, the more you talk, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we vibe. We vibe really well. So, Maddie, why don't you um, take us back to like the beginning of, and then we'll dive into a lot more about like what Mount is and, and the solutions that it provides. But how did you get into this? Like what, walk us through that thought process and the whole evolution of Mount. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. It's It's an interesting one. And I think people are starting to catch on to my story because it's one you would remember. But um I started Mount as a 12-year-old, so I was quite young, knew I needed to be a CEO and entrepreneur, and thought my path to do that was creating a bike lock. So Mount's original name, actually, is Mount Locks, and, and we were a bike lock company. And I did that as a 12-year-old. I got a patent for it at that age as well, and kind of took me on this crazy journey uh, that led me here. And I ended up studying entrepreneurship at Northeastern University, graduated a year or two years ago now. And we went from a bike lock company to where I was standing a supply chain up in China. We were building hardware to then a lock company for scooters. So I was working with Bird and Lime and Uber and Lyft and all that good stuff. And then eventually found myself in the short-term rental space. And it wasn't because I was a host, but it was because I was traveling and going everywhere and backpacking probably when I shouldn't be during COVID and (laughs) uh, really learning that travelers have these authentic experiences when you're able to connect them to not just a place to stay, but um, amazing activities and experiences as well. I wanted to be part of that. So got out of the bike lock space and ended up in here, the short-term rental space. I don't think I've heard that story, by the way. Like a lot of times we've hung out. I don't think I've actually heard that story. You've definitely never been on the show because I would never forget a story like that. Already with your face, I'm like, I don't, I don't forget faces. Um, that's a trauma in me. So I'm like, I recognize a face through anything. Uh, but then like that story of 12 year old making, making by locks, which also shows the different paths that entrepreneurs go on. I was trying to hijack bicycles when I was 12 and I was legit. And then there is the people like, you know, those are the two sides of entrepreneurship. And then I would resell the bikes. And if I knew I would have had the extra vertical be like, and if you don't want to stolen, she worked with my friend Maddie and she will have a great luck for you. Wow, what a journey. So what do you think about the vacation rental industry and like what do you guys what do you guys do for it? Like what's what's your sauce now? Yeah, so basically Mount became after a bike lock company, we were in the scooter world and then essentially we brought scooters to individual Airbnb properties when I was in Colorado and I was like, oh maybe this is the path forward. And that's kind of when we discovered the hosting side of the problem, which is that You want to be able to offer these amazing experiences, rentable equipment, whatever it may be to facilitate that experience. But it's quite hard. There's not really software out there that lets you turn something rentable, purchasable, engage with the guest other than a word of mouth recommendation or asking them for their cash or Venmo, which is quite awkward. And then from the traveler perspective, they're asking their hosts, like, what should I be doing? Where should I be going? 
yeah, they want the local recommendations and they'll get them, you know, like, oh, go down the road. There's a bike shop down there or I've partnered with Bob. He can give you a good boat tour and it's kind of ad hoc and it's really good recommendations, but just like very dispersed way of doing it. So that's what Mount became is where this software that stands right in the middle and we basically automate that process. So the host can work with Mount to automate all of their recommendations, make them bookable, make them rentable. And the guest interacts with that through Mount um, and can pay for it, use it and have this amazing experience. So that's essentially what we're in the business of doing is, is making sure the traveler just connects to the locals, has this great experience and remembers kind of why they're traveling. It's interesting because when we were talking probably about a year ago, I was under the impression that a lot of the focus was basically like for hosts, like if I bought bikes or paddle boards or whatever for my property, then cool. Like I could rent them out through Mount and create that experience. But now you've gone so much more broad where you don't have to buy and own the stuff. You can just partner with other local, but you can still do that, right? You can still own stuff and rent it through the platform. Yep. Or you can just partner with other local providers and you guys just play the middleman to, to make it all seamless, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the reason we ended up adding that second part of the business is because one, not every host or property manager wanted to buy new gear, own and manage it, maintain it and offer it. But they still wanted to offer that guest experience. And then two, local businesses have already been doing this. They've been doing it for like 60 plus years. And they really are trying to figure out one, how to stop becoming a pen and paper business. Like they want to automate their bookings and they want to work with hosts like yourself and property managers where you guys have the guests, let's connect them all. So it was kind of a next logical step of Mount, like let's make this a bit bigger uh, and able to work with a lot more people than just gear owners. Give us some context about what are some of the things that people can book now through Mount or different experiences or services, like just different examples. Yeah, so I was saying it's very dependent on uh, the location and who we work with, but the main goal is let's keep it hyper-local. So an example of what we don't do is we don't work with a vendor that is cramming 50 people on a boat and see, taking you to go see the dolphins. Like that's not really a hyper-localized experience. That's just more someone capitalizing on tourism. What we do is like in Arizona, for example, we partnered with this guy who is retired airplane pilot, and now he takes people out on his hot air balloon very hyper-local. He's lived in Arizona for his whole life and now wants to have people experience kind of the way he sees the world. And so that's something you can now offer your guests where you probably wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. And now Mount makes it possible. So very hyper-local like that. Got it. So it's not just rentals of things. It's also like experiences as well. So like if you want to go on like on a hike and stuff like that, like you offer those kind of things as well. Yeah, hike is an interesting one because typically that's free anyways. But I guess if you wanted a guide to take you on the hike or, you know, ooh, actually really cool one is in New Zealand. Someone does take you on a hike, but they're also a professional chef. So they've pulled in all this local items, food items from New Zealand. And, you know, they'll take you to where they're going to cook it and you can experience that whole situation. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so does that does the host refer? So is, is Mount open for for anybody to get on it and then host and refer people? Or do you have to be referred, like be a recommendation from a host in order to get on, on Mount? How does that work? Uh, it can work both ways. So at its high level, Mount is, we call ourselves a marketplace and we have over 40,000 of these local businesses that hosts can work with. And then we also have our whole community of hosts and travelers as well. 
And in some areas, we don't have enough density for the hosts. So they'll actually go and get their vendors online into the marketplace so then they can resell them. So it just depends kind of where you are and where Mount is and where we meet in the middle. Got it. So on the uh, techie side of the question is, what what do you guys look like integration-wise? So like, do you become, like after I do go, like let's say somebody comes through my direct booking site and they do a booking, then similar to like hotels, like there is a page that opens and it's a mount page, which is like add on so-and-so, like walk us through what that, what that process looks like. Yeah, that was actually a good example. That is pretty much how mount works. So we call our product the mini marketplace and that's what a host is paying for and using. And so the mini marketplace is white labeled to their brand, their property management company, their area. Uh, and then that mini marketplace can be put pretty much anywhere. So if you have a book direct website, put it there as like an experience tab. So your guests can actually see what you have to offer before they even book, put it in your guest communication. So once they book, follow up with all the experiences you offer via Mount. And then also what Mount has learned is that a lot of experiences aren't booked until there's a window. It's like 72 hours of consumption is what we call it. So these people don't really know that they want to go in a hot air balloon experience until they might wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I need something to do. And then they're going to go open up your mini marketplace and be like, oh, hot air balloon experience, I'm in. So we try and really remind your guests like, hey, these things are available. You should be booking them, have this amazing experience. And we try and push conversion that way as well. So what are some of the challenges that you guys are finding yourself like kind of going through? Is it more of like some areas just don't have enough enough kind of people and then you guys just not much you can do do host not like find it too complicated like what are some of the challenges that like somebody that is in a in, in a state like yours kind of runs into i know i'm familiar with our challenges yeah no that's a really good question i i think mount is seeing two challenges right now that's really uh once we unlock both i guess you know you'll see massive amounts of growth and huge company potential um one of the issues right now is the first one you mentioned when it comes to density. We found a lot of Airbnb properties these days are in, you know, very random parts of the U.S. or globally just because tourists are now wanting to go off the beaten path. So instead of it being Honolulu, Hawaii, maybe it's uh, a little town that's more local in Hawaii now that tourists are going to. And so that's we've run into that issue. We have a, a program now that allows you as a host to sign up all your vendors and it's free software for the vendors. So it's very easy for them to use. But taking the time to do that is a little challenging. And then the second one is just this balance between what can you do as a host to market your mini marketplace and what can Mount do? And finding that balance and that voice of communication and just really honing in on what's going to get your mini marketplace the most experienced bookings. STR Nation, want to know how I gained $817,000 in equity in 19 months using none of my own money? Well, if you haven't already heard me talk about boutique hotels, I just recorded an 18-minute case study for my private mastermind group on how I bought a tiny 13-unit hotel in Rockport and more than doubled its value from 2.25 to 5.5 million in 19 months. But instead of keeping this one a secret, I decided to share it with you guys completely free. Just go to www.strsecrets.com hotels to access the case study and promise in just 18 minutes, you'll know why boutique hotels are my favorite STR strategy in 2023. I break down everything from the renovations, the location, the investment, the equity, the financing, and how to take advantage of forced appreciation. 
So when you have 20 minutes, go to www.strsecrets.com slash hotels. And now let's get into this week's episode. That's super interesting. And like, I, it's something that like, that's that I, and I ask those questions because it's something that like, we're primarily going through ourselves. It's like, we have a bunch of like, a bunch of vendors that we've used ourselves, similar to like the chef and the masseuse and the yoga teachers. I mean, my first year it should be my mom. So I'm like trying to like plug in my mom to like grow, grow her yoga business. Right. But it's just like, it gets to that point of like, you have that idea and then in all of the things as a host that you're working on implementing and growing and scaling, the idea of upselling things in my mind has always been something like, oh, that sounds nice to do. But in my personal, in my limited mind, this is like, it's going to be a lot of work and I don't know if it's worth, worth the squeeze. Um, do you have any data that shows like things that people have added and like how much kind of like additional revenue, like property can make or would make and, and on, on what? Yeah, that's also a very good question. And the way I answer this, cause it's very dependent on you as a host, your property, are you choosing the right thing your guest actually wants? Like that's something I drive home because I think when hosts initially hear that they can start making more money, they're idea light bulb goes off and they're like, let me just put everything for sale. And you're like, wait, 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 the guest really doesn't want to feel nickel and dimes. You know, they, there's probably some certain things they would expect to be included. So mm-hmm. we do have to be careful there. And then when it comes to incremental revenue, I'd say the actual value of Mount isn't so much in how much money you can make if you put four electric bikes in your property off that specific rental revenue. Although if you do it well, you could make a few thousand dollars a month, but it really comes from the bigger impact where if you are now offering these things at your property or you're offering experiences, you can now differentiate your property and your listing. And so in a market that's very saturated, which is pretty much all of them these days, there's too many properties for rent. Yours now stands out. And so you might see a lot of increased occupancy because of adding Mount. You know, same goes for five-star reviews. If your guest is really feeling like, wow, this, this host property manager just gave me the experience of a lifetime they're going to leave that five-star review. So that really elevates your property. So it's all these kind of not really tangible things Mount can really track, but that is driving a ton of value. And then, you know, you'll see a lot more revenue because you have increased occupancy, you have better better guests, Yeah, uh, that type of stuff, more intangible. Yeah, I love that. So it's more of a partnership in terms of like helping you elevate yourself out of the noise that is everything else around you and you make extra money versus you make extra money and you get to elevate yourself. So the leading kind of thing that people should be thinking about, and I, I should be thinking about, is the fact that like it's not so much for the extra revenue. It's more of a way to like bring in, almost is bringing in the like a concierge, five star hotel kind of thing to the vacation rental space in a way that just maybe helps us vibrate over the noise that we have that we have around us. That's what I think is the coolest because it's like taking like your guidebook and making it more of concierge of like, hey, here's the top five things that I love about this area and that we think you'd really enjoy. And you just got to click here to book it. And I completely agree with Maddie said, like, yes, you'll make money on it for sure. But even if you didn't, right, I'll give you an example. At one of the hotels, the restaurant next door just got acquired by somebody and they rebranded it and everything else. And we reached out to them because we were trying to do it with the old owners, but they didn't want anything to do with it. Now they'll actually do like room service for us. So our guests can call their direct line, order whatever they want, and they'll run it over to them. And I don't make any money on that, but it's such an amazing amenity 
for the guests that I'm like, it's a great win-win both ways. So like, those are the things that people are going to remember now of like, cause not, not a lot of the boutique inns, I don't know if any of them actually have food. So now that we can offer that, that's a huge amenity. Forget the direct revenue from selling some ancillary thing. It's more just that elevated guest experience, like Maddie was talking about, is is worth the wait for the repeat guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is exciting. That's such a that's such a cool thing because again, it gives you a chance to get into the like in, into the food space almost without having to get into the food space. I love that, Maddie. So what what are you guys kind of working on? What are you excited on? Like kind of moving forward. Um, any ideas that came from your from your world travels? Yes. What Mount is working on. So it's funny, I like to say, and when I give, you know, presentations at conferences about what Mount is up to, it's more about how we're on a mission to change the way you travel. Uh, and that really comes from everyone at Mount is a nomadic traveler. We've all spent time abroad with backpacks. And what Mount is doing is we're essentially changing the way you travel so that you go with just a backpack. And then you land and destination and you're able to find and rent everything you need from clothes to purses to bikes to scooters to also these amazing experiences. And so what you get with Mount is the complete experience and trip and vacation that like you've ever wanted. And that's, I think the path we're on is like creating responsible travel, making it a lot more sustainable and possible to make it sustainable. And then also making sure that when you're staying at short-term rentals or boutique hotels or wherever you're staying, that the locals are not getting upset by this aspect of tourism because you are truly traveling like a local and Mount is enabling that. So that's the bigger mission we're on. I love that. I love that. And uh, people, people ask me all the time, Ian and I were just talking about it in our boardroom about like getting direct bookings and how are our direct booking percentages so high and you guys must be doing this crazy marketing and all this stuff. The reality is a lot of it comes from referrals from local businesses that we have relationships with. And doing, you know, the playing the Google review game and everything else, that's great. But I know most of the small business owners around town at all of our properties. Like we're on a first name basis, like cell phone, personal basis. So like if I see an opportunity and I learned this years ago, joining a BNI group, it was like the more I give genuinely to the group, the more they want to reciprocate that back to me. And the rising tide rises all ships. So Again, I'm hosting an event for the boardroom next month. And I called the owner of that restaurant. I'm like, hey, I'd love to have you cater this if you guys have capacity to do it. He's like, more than happy to do it, right? And they'll do custom menus, whatever I want now. But it's that the whole STR industry, in my opinion, really blew up when Airbnb really adjusted like the marketing to like living like a local and that local experience and embodying that local culture, which... Like you said, a lot of the, the small mom and pop shops have really been squeezed the last 20 years from a lot of the big box stores. So the more we can help everybody out, the more it's going to help you as well. And in full transparency, the reason I hadn't done a lot of the concierge stuff in the past, I wanted to, but for me, it was just a logistical pain in the ass. And I just didn't want to have to deal with it and have my team deal with it. But now that it's like, oh, Here's our menu of like things that we would recommend. You can book it right here. Just click this and book it. And it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how we feel about it as Mount, at Mount as well. And I think the other aspect when you're really presenting yourself as like a short-term rental, but you're positioning yourself in the local community, you want to drive it home forward. I think it also helps on this advocacy level because that's a big issue amongst 
most short-term rental markets these days. And if you're able to fight back and be like, well, actually through Mount, I did this amount of business. And I pushed it all to your local businesses. Like we're actually doing a lot more good than you think we are, has the potential to make a lot of impact as well. Mm. I didn't even think of it from that angle. That's really good. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's such an obvious point. And I think that's what's, because that's the thing with data, right? And like so many like articles are so like in it just with the clicks. You're like, oh, short-term rentals investors have raised the cost of home ownership by amount. And you're like, sure. But also like in terms of like hospitality, what we're bringing to local businesses, what we bring on to, to, to just the, the whole of tourism in general, I would always argue that we're more of a, more of a good than a bad. I love, I love the whole concept of this company. The only thing that I, I haven't, uh, that I couldn't align with is the fact that you guys have all gone uh, around the year with a backpack. <laughs> something <laughs> I'll never do. I posted something the other day. There's like, uh, what's your favorite thing to go to bring on when you go camping? And it's like, it's an oceanfront suite at a hotel. My favorite thing to bring camping. And that's how I feel about it. But it's the reality of this whole like kind of shared economy. Have you guys even any thought about right then, like actual cars and those kind of things? So it's it's a hybrid of that. Another name is escaping me of the other company that you can like, Tura. We, we have thought about it, but from my perspective, like Airbnb, booking.com, VRBO, they all do amazing work at being OTAs for houses. So Mount's not really ever going to get to the rental business of houses. I think same goes for Turo. They do an amazing job with cars uh, and not something I think Mount would want to touch. One, because they do it well, but also there's a huge liability aspect when you get to renting cars, even houses, that I just don't personally want to deal with because I came from a very high-risk injury environment with scooters, saw that firsthand handled so poorly, uh, and don't want to touch that with cars. But because I did come from that industry, Mount is very poised to ensure damage and liability for all the little stuff. And I, I like handling that. So uh, there's like a fine line, I think, where Mount can play. Yeah. One, one of the questions I wanted to ask, just out of curiosity, and I know that you guys have fairly recently expanded this a lot wider, but I'm, I'm curious if you've noticed any trends and it. I'm sure it varies by market, but are, are there certain experiences or certain things that you've seen that really create some additional income or really drive that better experience. Just like, I know like the, the air balloon thing, that sounds amazing. That might not be achievable for most people, but if we were thinking about like, whether it's experiences or certain things that people want to rent, what are some of the trends that do really well on Mount? Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to these experiences, it really needs to have that hyper local feeling. So like an example of one, I don't think performs quite well. And it's funny because I was just looking at this experience is uh, there's some like escape room experiences out there. And that's pretty generic you can find in a lot of markets. And so if I just spent a lot of my money to go to Hawaii, I don't think I'd be doing an escape room. But if you can poise it so that it's a very unique experience to that location. For example, there's an experience in San Diego. Fairly simple, but people do pay for it. It's a foodie tour and they're taking you to all of their hidden local gems and they don't really tell you what they are ahead of time so that you don't go there by yourself. But you get to experience with a local, they're explaining kind of why this restaurant is important to them. And then you get to experience it like they experience it. I think stuff like that is resonates well with our type of traveler community. And yeah, in, in ways you probably couldn't find that other places. Yeah, I've actually done that. That's, that's been stuff that I've done. Like I, I did that. 
I did a food tour of that in San Francisco. I've done a, um, I don't remember the name of the site, but it was a similar thing. So I, I had a dinner at somebody's house where they like that it's a guy that used to be a chef and he's no longer a chef. So they host like this eight to 10 people, super intimate kind of dinners at their houses. And so like that, those are all type of things that like, I, I definitely would vibe with and something that like, I keep telling my, one of my best friends is he's a chef down in Miami. And I was telling like, when you have some, like, we should do this, like we should do like an Italian, Italian dinner experience where we go and like, we, we cook. And to me it's, it's for fun. And he's like, listen, bro, I, I cook. 60 hours a week as it is, I'm not doing cooking with you as my, in my, in my spare time, which I understand, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely in there. You know what I mean? In terms of like added revenue, I have so many questions that are like kind of coming to mind. I'm still I was just going to ask Maddie, what's, maybe it's a hot air balloon, but what have, what has been your favorite thing that you've seen get launched through Mount or get connected through Mount? I talk about this one a lot because I really just need to go on it. I feel like the air balloon, yes, but also I'm a little afraid of flying, so I don't know if I could actually partake. But um, there's this local experience in San Diego, and it's a farm, and they have these mini pigs, and so they named it like the mini pig experience. And I think you literally go to the farm and get to enjoy these mini pigs and feed them and, and do all this stuff and learn how this farm has you know, been thriving because of the mini pigs. I don't actually know what they do with them. Um, so that seems pretty cool to me. Uh, and then these foodie ones just get me so excited. Like I am a big foodie. I, in a past life, had a food Instagram when that used to be a thing. Uh, and so I actually still travel based on what food I need to be eating. <laughs> it drives the people I travel with crazy. Um, but I am a big fan of those ones. So, mm -hmm. And also, I don't know if it's because I was little and was go my parents dragged me on pretty much every wine tour they could think of when we were traveling. And I could not partake because I was like six years old. But now everywhere I go, I'm like, okay, where can I do a wine tasting, like a scotch tasting? I just did one of those in Scotland and all that stuff because I'm fascinated on how, you know, local things are created and, and why it's so unique to that land. Yeah. It's also such a fun way to experience culture. So you see, mm -hmm. like, we can backpack together, but like, tell me where you're going and we can go eat together. That's fine. <laughs> we'll eat together. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's not a problem. Uh, yeah, and it's also like super fun way to like experience experience a culture. Um, and it's actually, if you think about it, is how the Michelin Michelin star restaurant concept was, was kind of started, right? Like most people don't don't know that that is actually from the tire company that does the Michelin tires. They're the one that started the guide, the Michelin guide for a restaurant. And there's the one star, two star, three stars. And the reason for them was to sell more tires is they started a, a, a guide to places where you should drive to eat. And then the Michelin star is like one star is like, if you're around it, it's worth it. Two star, it's quite an experience. If you can make it, make it. Three stars is like, you should definitely make a trip out of it because it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I so, had no clue that's who started that and why. Yeah. yeah. And that's for the longest time where you always found it in, inside of a gas station. Like the gas station is where you could actually buy the Michelin, Michelin Starbucks. And that's something wow. that we started doing. Like, I tried to go, anytime we go on a trip, I tried to find a, at least a one-star, like one-star Michelin restaurant. And it's incredible that artistry level, that changes based on the level of the stars that they have. And most of them, once you get higher up, it's very much what you're saying. Like this super hyper, hyper focused on the raw material from the land, their culture, their history, and everything else that goes into it. 
So yes, I like food also. Damn. All right. Well, you and Maddie go eat. Then we'll go play golf. And uh, I'll drive around the golf. Yeah, I don't mind driving the golf cart. Sweet. Well, this has been super fun, Maddie. Um, Before we get into the last question, first I want to say thank you for coming on and sharing all this good stuff, and thank you for building such a cool company. And uh, it was fascinating to see how that journey changed quite a bit over the years. But I'm glad you've landed where you've landed, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. But before we get into the last question, where can folks learn more about you and Mount and everything you guys have going on? Yeah, I mean, there's a few places. LinkedIn is a great one. You can follow me and Mount there. We're very big on TikTok these days. It's, I think it's at Rent Mount. That's our handle. You'll see my day in the life, and then also good company information. Uh, and then also our website, rentmount.com. You can find out a lot more information there. If you book a demo, you'll probably be talking to me because I love doing demos. Um, so... I think those are the the best places to find us. Love it. Love it. Well, the last question that we ask all of our guests, and I always enjoy asking it from the the vendor side of things, is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals or business? You made it a little broader. Yeah, I mean, I think this definitely applies to short-term rentals. This would be kind of my broader business advice, but and Mount was actually built on this, which is like you should not be afraid of failure and you should welcome it. Like if you're not failing once a day or maybe multiple times a day, you are too comfortable and you will not be moving your business forward. And so I look at failure as actually success. And it's like, hey, you tried something, it didn't work, but now you know it doesn't work. So keep moving forward and trying other things. And I think if you can fail fast, that's what's really going to accelerate your business. So uh, yeah, I, I think welcome failure. Love that. Love it. Love you it. Know, many businesses is just like 11 or 12, you know, it has a lot of that wisdom, like, you know, because at those ages, right? It's so, it's so fun. Like you don't even question it, right? Like as we get older, we get so much more afraid of it, and just remembering that it's it's such a powerful, powerful perspective. Yeah. Super, yeah, super. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved that the whole thing. I had no idea what you guys did, and I I already sent this to my team. They're like, look, guys, something else we get to implement. You know? Awesome. Well, Maddie, it's always a pleasure. Looking forward to hanging with you in Cabo in uh, in a month yeah. and uh, a little over a month. And for the listeners out there, hope you guys have an amazing week and we will talk to you soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.